We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Pro Football Focus show here on Roto-Grinders. I'm Stevie TPFL, and it is week 14. We were just laughing, like we feel like the season just started, so um, can't believe it's already week 14. Uh, pumped for this show, always fun doing this show, and as always from Pro Football Focus, we got Ian Hartitz. Um, how are you doing, my friend? Doing good, man. Happy week 14 to yourself and the viewers out there. Thought we had a, you know, pretty, uh, pretty solid week 13. Got some more uh, lessons to build on. As you just uh, said before the show, Julio Jones has been ruled out. Might have some value from there. Might not. I guess we'll have to find out. Yeah, um, week 13 was not good for me. So I'm <laughs> glad that it was okay for you. And hopefully it was okay for everyone else. But uh, when you live the contrarian life, it doesn't always work out for you. And um, I feel like that's how week 13 kind of, you know, went down that road. And so anyway, um, pump for this week. I feel like there's a ton of different ways to go on the DFS side of things this week. You know, if you're in the season long, you got you know, playoffs starting, best ball championships and all that stuff starting. So um, before we get into everything, hi, YouTube. What's up, chat? Uh, if you guys have any questions as we're going, we'll try to answer those. Also, we're going to be screen sharing a lot of stuff um, during the show, rotogrinders.com slash pedia or slash media slash PFF um, if you want a discount for your core four. We got NBA starting, you know, all that great stuff. So um, Devin just posted the link in chat and you guys can check that out. But Ian, let's get into it. We always start with the mismatch manifesto over there on Pro Football Focus, uh, where you kind of break things down more from a stats side of things. And just, you know, you take out all the noise and just look at the numbers. So let's look at it. What are we looking at this week when it comes to explosive upside type plays? 
Yeah, so first with the passing game, two really obvious ones there. Now that's Aaron Rodgers versus the Detroit Lions, which I think we would all kind of understand. We saw what he did. Uh, you know, actually, I guess it was one of his, uh, you know, lower games earlier this year. But Devontae Adams, if you remember, was injured like just a few plays in the second quarter of that game. So that was one of his only two duds all season long. As we've seen, Devontae is 100% healthy and truly looking like the best wide receiver more weeks than not in the league at this point. So got to fire up that Green Bay passing game with plenty of confidence once again. And also Deshaun Watson against the Chicago Bears, man. I mean, Last night, I mean, not last night, last week in that Colts game, I mean, the amount of pressure he was under and just not even having Brandon Cooks for half that game, obviously Fuller suspended, didn't matter. He's Deshaun Watson. He's a top five real life and fantasy quarterback. Still, no Hopkins, no problem. Like, it's incredible what he's really done all year. Bears defense, it's not an easy matchup. But at the same time, we've seen Rodgers and Stafford go for 25 plus fantasy points over the past two weeks. They didn't allow anyone go, going over even 20 before that. So, defense that, you know, maybe isn't exactly uh, playing with as much, uh, you know, reckless abandon as they were before they were on this you know, long losing streak. So I think, uh, you know, Houston Texans, maybe stacking that passing game in tournaments might be the way to go. It's always fun when you can look at low and tournament options too. And I do think Houston might kind of fly um, under the radar this week because I, I listen, everybody's going to be on the Packers this week. It's no, it's no secret. Like it's a dome. Um, it's definitely a game that, you know, Adams is going to get a ton of ownership and stuff like that. So uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about as far as explosive plays or do you want to kind of go and talk about some pace situations that we're looking at? Yeah, just a few guys to keep an eye on as bad. Bottom three quarterbacks, as we saw, Cam Newton was uh, someone that we, we probably should have been watching and, you know, was obviously not a preferred start. And I see we saw that worked out. Kyle, Kyle Murray, man, this, this, the Kyle Murray and Daniel Jones are both popping. Like, this could be a game maybe we want to look at the under because right now you take away Kyler's rushing ability, which only five carries in each of the past three weeks. And then Daniel Jones, man, he's pretty much like a homeless man's Kyle Murray the way he's been playing this year. I mean, before last week, he was 24th in fantasy points per game in passing. So even though Daniel Jones is bad, man I think he still doesn't have his best asset which is his rushing ability so I'm not expecting much if anything out of really either of those offenses in that one uh quickly on the pace it is a high pace game uh Cardinals Giants and also the Cowboys Bengals but those ones you know we kind of know the issues going on under center all the way around there the one high pace game that do, that does make a lot of sense from fantasy fantasy perspective Falcons at the Chargers uh you know no Julio Jones which kind of sucks but at the same time maybe we'll get more condensed targets to Calvin Ridley Hayden Hurst guys like that and then the football team 49ers stands out as the main slate in that my I want to keep an eye on is two pretty solid, you know, if not amazing, at least very well coached defenses and then not having as many plays to go around something to keep an eye on. Yeah. And you know, as far as pace goes like that Cowboys Bengals game is going to be so ugly defensive wise too. Like it's, it's such an interesting game for, you know, DFS because it is, it's projected as the highest paced game um, for the most part. Um, you know, that Dallas game, like you, or the, the giants game, like you said, um, should be pretty fast. I think the game that could potentially be somewhat sneaky as far as like pace goes is that Titans at the Jaguars. Um, you know, like it's it's so random. Like you know, Mike Glennon, he, he's kind of he's kind of like made this offense a little bit more interesting. Um, so, His number one deep ball rate over the past uh, two weeks. He's slinging it downfield. He, listen, dude, like you don't know when you're gonna play. If you're ever gonna <laughs> play again, chuck it. Like <laughs> I love it. it <laughs> he's making some uh, mistakes, but you know he's chucking it. You gotta love it. When we get into you know looking more from a pressure side of things, you know you always post your charts um, over there on Twitter. But uh, this week. Listen, I, I know a lot of people are excited about like Jalen Hurts and I get it um, because like Carson Wentz has been really bad. 
But Jalen Hurts, I, I know he can run, but like, let's be honest. The problem isn't Carson Wentz. Maybe a little bit of the problem is Carson Wentz. The problem is that offensive line is awful. And when you're looking at this matchup, like this isn't a great matchup for Hurts. Like he's gonna he's gonna have to run because he's gonna be pressured the whole time. Look, we've seen what Taysom Hill can do. Like, it's okay if you cannot really throw the ball and you're a rushing quarterback in fantasy. But to your point, yeah, this is not the week to mess around with this. The Saints are number one defense in the league in fantasy points per game allowed the RBs. I mean, they've arguably been the best defense in the league here over the past, you know, month, two months. I'd probably say the Rams have been, if not the Steelers. But either way, we're talking about a legit top three defense uh, in the last uh, month or two of football. So, yeah, we are not touching Jalen Hurts and really anyone on this Eagles offense uh, this week with all the committees they got going on at wide receiver and even running back now with Jordan Howard. We got the Cardinals and Cowboys coming up like that's why you know Hertz has kind of been this recommended ad in season long because like okay we will play anyone against that Cowboys run defense but certainly not this week also uh, Josh Allen against the Steelers that's Sunday night but you know something to keep an eye on and then Kirk Cousins versus the Buccaneers this is a tough one man because obviously you know Buccaneers look a lot better on a you know just past defense before some of these games against the Saints and the Chiefs over the past month but you know Kirk Cousins Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen I do wonder if they can keep the pressure away because Dalvin Cook might have more of a, tr- a struggle run the ball than normal with Tampa Bay always loads the box, try to take away the run first and foremost. So the one issue we usually have with Cousins in this passing game is volume. I think they're going to have it. The only question is, can this offensive line hold off this pass rush? But if they can, I think we can see both these passing offenses putting up a ton of points. Yeah, you know, we'll have to kind of see how it all plays out. Like like I said, there, there's so many potential options this week. Like Everywhere. Any, no buys. A lot of games. Like, a lot of totals that are high, some that are increasing, some that are, you know, decreasing. So um, anything else as far as pressure you want to move on? Uh, a couple guys that should be pretty sturdy upright. Tom Brady and company coming off a bye too. This should be, you know, it's gelling much better. It also sounds like Mike Evans will be playing, obviously not 100%, but he really hasn't been 100% all season. As we mentioned, Aaron Rodgers and company looking good. Uh, Detroit Lions looking pretty good too. I mean, Marvin Jones, he's fifth in targets in the league since week 10 among all wide receivers. So uh, with Kenny Galladay sideline, you know, I know it's not sexy, but he's again one of these, you know, GPP plays that I might want to keep an eye on because again, 100 yards and a touchdown, something that certainly isn't his range of outcomes also the Colts versus the Raiders you know you know we don't really know who's gonna get the ball between Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton during any given week but uh certainly the matchup to take advantage of and then uh to your point earlier this Cowboys Bengals game leaning a little bit on the Cowboys side in terms of who should be able to keep the quarterback upright in the four quarters we have seen Andy Dalton look good came against the Vikings defense that also couldn't rush the passer at all so you know Michael Gallup coming off a big game sitting there still under 4k something to think about maybe Zico Elliott finally gets going like you said man there's options all over the place this week um yeah listen like marvin jones is one of my favorite tournament plays because i feel like everybody's gonna be on the packers and like you gotta run it back like if you expect like if you expect the packers to score a lot of points in this game and not let off the gas pedal like detroit's got to be scoring so i think marvin jones is a fantastic call we'll get into him more when we get into like the positions but um we go to the trenches this week in you'll you'll have to you'll have to talk me into this because like outside of like looking at like the same situations with like the Bengals and the Saints, like I, I'm not reading into the trenches too much this week. I think the good matchups are the good matchups, the bad ones are the bad ones. 
No, I think that's fair. The only ones that are truly standing out are the Bengals and the Saints, uh, to your point, also the Ravens on Monday night. But, you know, Lions versus the Packers, I, I guess we know it's a solid spot. And obviously Derrick Henry going up against the Jaguars. I mean, even though the Titans offensive line just really hasn't been, uh, you know, good at all in creating yards before contact, it just doesn't matter when you have Derrick Henry back there. So I don't think there's really too many massive advantages to look at. I mean, it is a tough matchup for Dalvin Cook, but when you're getting 30 plus uh, touches per game, it doesn't really matter if it's a tough matchup. And we're not really seeing enough of the ownership uh, discounts really worry about it so uh you know jets I, I would just say like don't touch this jets field at all i know some people get behind ty johnson but it does sound like frank gore is going to play so wouldn't do that and then you know going back to well with Devonte booker that's gonna be tough man we've seen the colts defense not look great but that's usually coincided with one of deforest buckner or darius leonard being out they're both healthy yeah i think we're good yeah i don't think this is a week you like overthink it like there's a lot of good matchups running backs and good matchups and like you said Dalvin Cook, as far as Dalvin Cook goes, like we play him for sheer volume. Um, like he is one of those, he is one of the few, um, that can get 30 touches a week. Um, he's a home run hitter, too, so only yeah. takes a couple, yeah. Like he's a guy that can break a 40 yard run at any point. So, exactly. uh, the passing game, listen, this is one of those rare weeks. I guess it's not rare because the Lions play every week, but like we have the Packers situation where it's a great running spot, but it's also a really good passing spot as well. Um, you could talk about some other spots, but Dalvin Cook's in a tough matchup, but the passing game's not. That's the thing. Passing game's not. So if they can just hold off on that pressure a little bit, I think Kirk Cousins and company could definitely be cooking. Also, Titans standing out. Man, it's been Tannehill, A.J. Brown, and Corey Davis just balling out all season long. I mean, just going to that three-man stack right there, I think, makes a lot of sense. Johnny Smith should be back with that tight end situation, as we saw last week. I mean, they got like four guys involved during any single week. The only other one that really stands out. Russell Wilson, man, I know it's been rough over these past few weeks, but if we could pick, handpick any defense to get right against with this deep passing game, it'd probably be the one that just refuses to play anyone deep at all. So I know Greg Williams is gone. Maybe they change things and they actually decide to not play, uh, you know, press man against Metcalf and Lockett. But either way, I don't think these Jets corners can hang with uh, Russ and company. So that's definitely one of my tournament stacks that, you know, has been burning us over the past few weeks, but uh, we've seen the upside there. And I think that this could be the matchup to bring Russ and company back out of their, you know, slight slumber here in the past month or so um nothing else like uber standing out to me like patrick mahomes is gonna do patrick mahomes things yeah. like the seattle offense we we would hope that you know russell wilson can like have his game back like it's just it's crazy what seattle's doing man like did they not learn anything but you know tough matchups as far as that goes like jalen hurts is in a really tough matchup as far as the passing game we talked about that what do we even think like Brandon Allen, like the Dallas defense. I don't know, man. Look, I'm not backing anyone too heavily. Giovanni Bernard, maybe, man. As bad as Brandon Allen and this, uh, you know, Bengals just team has looked, Gio is getting, you know, still 70% plus snaps. He's their lead running back. And I think the Cowboys run defense is even worse than the Bengals offense is bad at this point. So truly anyone can run against these guys and they've shown their willingness to give Gio, you know, plenty of carries. So I do think uh, Gio, you know, sitting there at the lowly 5K, I believe he is on DraftKings, uh, certainly a viable cash play. Home running back against easily the worst run defense in the league like all right when you have like uh reports leaking out about you know the effort being in question for anyone out there like come on play the running back that's playing that team um what are we looking at here as far as like epa goes this week 
Yeah, just some offenses really set up to smash Titans, also the Chiefs, uh, Colts, Packers, and Seahawks. I think the Colts are maybe the only one that would slightly surprise people. It's been great with Indy. Just there, I mean, Rivers has been efficient all year. It's just a you know terribly difficult trying to figure out who it's going to be uh, during any given week. I will say that Mo Ali Cox sitting all the way down twenty five hundred could be a nice uh, tournament tight end option. And yeah, I mean Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton. Again, it's these aren't cash cash game guys because we never know who's going to be getting the targets. But it's a good enough matchup to be worthy you know lower price gpp flyers for sure uh before we get into some bets that you like this week i do want to point out that today 6 20 eastern we'll have a free crunch time for nba preseason with meansy stl cards and kevin roth um listen you're already if you're a core member if you're if you have the football stuff already you're already getting access to all this stuff but there's an awesome article up for core four premium right now nba dfs preseason primer a um, lot of information in there. Make sure you guys are paying attention. These guys, Alan and Meansy, they're really paying attention. STL cards will give you um, some tournament looks there. So make sure you're taking advantage of that free crunch time. And uh, Ian, we had a we had a chat question. Listen, these are fun. Like it, it's playoff time. I'll answer one um, again. Again, well, you know, hi YouTube chat. But the Trozen Rose wants to know: Would you flex Jarvis Landry, Lazard, Gabriel Davis, or Giovanni Bernard? I go with Gio. That's I that's where I was leaning this. to. Yeah. yeah. I I feel really good about like I would go Gio there. Like that that's a solid, you know, flex there. So uh, I was I was hearing to go to Gabriel Davis and I was like, uh oh, this ne- next one can't be better. But yeah, no, I think Gio's for sure the best. Yeah, for sure. I think Gio's the the play there. Um, let's get into some bets this week. Uh, it's a really interesting week when it comes to bets, my dude. Um, I did not look at your bets ahead of time, so I'm really interested to see. Uh, what you're looking at this week and you know if we're on the same page like we have been the last couple of weeks yeah coming off nice three and oh week 13 you know not not bragging about the whole year but at least week 13 we were looking good with this week i'm liking the texans minus one over the bears i just think look deshaun watson versus chubisky or nick Foles. give me deshaun watson eight days of the week and twice on sunday so the bears defense we talked about this man they were playing really good in the first part of the season but they have been fading rather quickly over the past two weeks i think this texans passing game is every bit as good as you know at least the line and they're not in there within shouting distance of uh, what the Packers are doing as well. So even though the Texans are four and eight, don't get it twisted. Deshaun Watson, top five, real life and fantasy QB. I also like Vikings Bucks over 52 and a half. You know, again, the only concern is if Kirk Cousins could be facing too much pressure, but we know this Vikings defense hasn't gotten it done really all year and particularly against some of the better all passing offenses that they faced. I think that will apply to Tom Brady and company with this post by having a chance to get right. I'm not buying the narrative that Brady's deep ball is gone. I think it's more of a timing issue. I don't think we're seeing like a noodle arm Peyton 2015 situation like that. And I think over this next month, we will see them finally really get on track. And then finally got a three team money line parlay for even odds. Packers over lines, Titans over Jaguars, Chiefs over Dolphins. I mean, you know, not, not crazy on either of them, but hey, you know, three, throwing three teams, getting even odds on it. Again, Rodgers and company humming against the Lions, no problem. Glennon, he's slinging it, man. But hey, that he had one touchdown last week, probably should have been picked, had another couple passes that kind of hit defenders in the chest. So turnover prone, I just think the Jaguars don't have a chance to slow down the Titans. And then, you know, uh, I think the only reason the Chiefs Broncos was close last week was because of all those, you know, missed opportunities to Tyreek uh, down the field, which some of those were just the referees messing up to begin with. So, you know, Tua, he's playing good turn of a free ball i don't think he has what it takes to really keep up with the homes and companies so that's chiefs packers and titans and don't hate on my dolphins man 
Um, no, I, I don't he think they great. Win this I thought that was too was actually his best game of the year last week. He had yep. to King Grant for like 50 yards and he just dropped it, but I, I don't think they can put up 30 plus yet. Like, listen, Howard's a guy that can shut down a side of the field. Like, I don't think anybody would really question that, but like, I don't know if he can run with Hill. Like, I and and like Howard's legit, and I will say that like he he can he can shock me this week, but I think Tyreek Hill has a monster game. We'll get into that in a few minutes, but. Uh, my favorite bet this week is the Chargers money line. Um, you could take the two points if you want to, but I love the Chargers this week. Atlanta is dreadful without Julio Jones. They have been all season. The Chargers are in a prime spot for a bounce back. Uh, give me the Chargers money line and the over in this game. I think it goes over with the Chargers. Um, I like your bets this week as well. What do you think, like, when we're looking, when we're looking at bets really quick before we get into, like, a position breakdown, like, do you have a lean on like this the San Francisco line? Like, I, I like it. It's at two and a half right now. Um, I, I'm kind of leaning like this is this is a bet that you can kind of get some value with. Two and a half. Uh, wait, who's even in favor of? I think this one actually shocked. It's me San Francisco minus two and a half. Yeah, I feel like they probably shouldn't be favored, man. I don't know. Like, it, yeah, it's, Washington. It's right? So close. Yeah. Yeah, man, I I like Washington in this. It's you know Nick Mullins. He's he's looked okay, but he, you know it's more Kyle Shanahan than anything. I think it's Washington defense. They're so good, you know, on the defensive line that they can take away a lot of the easy things that San Francisco is used to getting. Credit to Alex Smith, man. He's playing a lot better. He's not making mistakes. He's you know still not chucking the ball downfield every other play like some of us would like. But you know what? Like not that many offenses do that all, all that often in the league anyway, other than the Chiefs and stuff. So no, nah, I, I think Washington makes a lot of sense. But yeah. It's, it's, it's not one of my best ones that I think really stand out, but yeah, give me Washington. Yeah. I think that one, like oh, it, it's more of a risky bet. Don't get me wrong, but you're getting some, you're getting some really nice numbers um, with the Washington bet. And I, you know, it's one of those other games that you could potentially take the the under and just kind of hope it's a defensive battle and, you know, yeah, you get your points at Washington. So um, let's get into some, looking at some positions here, Ian. Um, let's start with the quarterback position. I do think that there are a lot of, options at quarterback this week i think rogers is going to be pretty popular mahomes is going to be pretty popular uh what are you looking at this week as far as cash games go pretty much running back the strategy from last week i mean we were talking about cash and it was kind of between this aaron Rodgers, Devontae, tunyon stack and then you have me going in on ryan fitzpatrick and company obviously he got ruled out so i ended up going back to the well with the or not ruled out but to a started so end up going back to the well with the packers and yeah man it's just aaron Rodgers sitting there 7500 and when he has this 300 plus yard three four touchdown upside every single week he's had one dud the entire season pretty much and i think with uh you know Devontae back in action against this line secondary like they couldn't guard him earlier in the year when they're second day was actually healthy now they're even more banged up i just think that i mean look this is offense is popping far and away as number one in terms of combined epa per play i think they're going to have everything going for them nobody has more pass attempts or touchdowns inside the 10 yard line than aaron Rodgers this year this dude's just slinging it the second they get close to the goal line he wants the mvp he's gonna keep padding stats in matchups like this and i just think uh you know looking at the potential uh, tournament options though too uh, i like your chargers pick because justin herbert mike williams keenan allen that's my favorite uh, tournament stack this week also talked about you know, going back with Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, and this uh, potential uh, uh, potential smash ball against the Jets, I think makes a lot of sense. Now, the only cheap ones that I think we could even somewhat get behind are Trubisky and Glennon, but I don't know, man. I don't even really want to do anything with that. I feel like these higher-priced quarterbacks have so much boom potential this week, even if we can get lucky. You know, maybe Sam Darnold limps to 20 points against the Seahawks. I just think we're going to need a bigger performance than that this week. So in tournaments, I'm probably going to be staying away from those cheaper guys, still trying to go up the ladder to guys like Herbert, Russ, and, you know, probably more – cash for Rodgers but hey sprinkle him in too 
Yeah, in cash games, like, I don't know. There's there's a lot of value, it seems like. But there's a lot of options to pay up at running back and wide receiver this week. So it kind of, it kind of like, what kind of builder are you looking at is, you know, what you have to be approaching. Because, like, if you go up, you can look at Mahomes or Rodgers. Um, you go down a little bit, you can look at Herbert. I've heard some people talking about, like, Matt Ryan. I don't think that's, like, a crazy option because he's super cheap. And I, I do expect that game to, you know, be high scoring. So, um, obviously – with how cash has gone over the last few weeks, like you, you really have to wait until like Saturday night, Sunday morning to really approach like what you're going to look at as, as quarterbacks. But uh, is there anybody standing out to you for tournaments uh, at the quarterback position this week? Yeah. I mentioned I think Justin Herbert makes a lot of sense. And I just don't know if we can get behind these uh, cheaper options this week, man. I don't know if Glennon, you know, Trubisky, even Darnold, these kind of popular streamers more because of their matchups and anything. I just don't know if they really have that super high end upside. I understand none of these defenses or anything we should be too afraid of, but again, like the Herberts, the Rogers, the Russell Wilson, these are the guys that can give us, you know, legit 300 plus and three plus touchdowns. So I think uh, anytime these, you know, top quarterbacks that maybe, you know, in Herbert and Russ's case, we've seen fall back a little bit like, we've seen more than enough evidence this year. Don't let the last few weeks really cloud uh, what these guys have done throughout most of the year. And that is play excellent ball. Yeah. I think like if you want some leverage off of Derrick Henry, I think Ryan Tannehill is an interesting tournament play. Um, if you want some Minnesota run back, you could potentially play Tom Brady this week. Um, I don't think that's a crazy option. Like, if you want to pivot off of Jalen Hurts, I think Brandon Allen is a really interesting tournament flyer this week. Like, if you want to stack, like, sit, like if you're playing Henry, Adams, and one more expensive guy, why not throw, like, a Brandon Allen, C.D. Lamb, Tyler Boyd stack out there? It's so cheap to Let's do get that AJ stack. Green. Let's get A.J. Green for 3K if we're going. Oh, there. listen, okay, I'm not going crate, though. No. I'm just <laughs> – um, so I, I think there's a ton of options. I'm with you. I think this is a week that we're definitely looking more at the expensive guys, um, as far as quarterbacks go, but running backs Ian, like, listen, it, it's no secret. Like this is a really great spot for Derrick Henry, um, going up against Jacksonville. He's going to be very popular here. Now, do you start your cash bill with him or do you find the 700 for cook? Do you go down to James Robinson? Who's just been a touch monster. Like there's a lot of decisions to make at running back this week. I know, man. Like you said, you know, it really usually takes till Saturday night lately to really uh, feel too good about any cash bill. But right now, I think I'm going further down the well, and I'm just going to get PPR target hogs. I got like Austin Eckler at 7K. I still think he's far too cheap against the Falcons D. That I think they're okay. I think their numbers are actually a little bit flawed because in the past we've seen them always be you know just the one team that gives up way more receptions than anyone to running backs. I think part of the reason why they're more middle of the pack this year is because they freaking got two Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara games, so we didn't. And see any sort of the usual 10 plus reception games like that. I think Eckler has that in his range of outcomes and he's still far too cheap at uh, 7k. Uh, mentioned Giovanni Bernard at just 5,000. Again, I think he can stack that with the Bengals defense at just 2,300. You know, hey, maybe they can't get pressure on Dalton, but the only team we've really seen suffer was the Minnesota Vikings. This Cowboys offense without Zach Martin, I just don't really trust them uh, at all. And then finally, J.D. McKissick, 4,900 without Antonio Gibson. Again, we are just getting all the receptions we can possibly buy. And that's just really cheap without Antonio Gibson. So, you know, Peyton Barber last week, he was getting there early down work. He'll still get the majority of the carries, but it's not like they just completely don't trust McKissick to run the ball either. Before Barber's uh, touchdown, they actually gave the ball to McKissick at the three-yard line. So he could easily run in for a score, and we know how much Alex Smith loves him, uh, you know, just out of the backfield. And they even just designed him more screens uh, in the slot, not wide, and just about anybody in the league 
at the position. So again, it, it's scary as hell fading Derrick Henry. So we might have to go back into that and see what we can do. But I do think there's enough targets with these cheaper running backs to really consider it. Yeah. Like, you know, one guy that you didn't even mention is like Chris Carson, like Seattle wants to run the ball right yeah. now and they're going up against jets. They're, you know, pretty big favorites this week. So um, David Montgomery is cheap again. Miles Gaskin. We know that Ahmed got ruled out um, as we were doing the show. So a lot of running back options. Um, Jonathan Taylor. I talked about him last week on the show. Uh, I think this is a great tournament spot for him, but Ian, one of my favorite tournament plays this weekend is Aaron Jones amazing leverage off the passing game for green bay it's it's a spot that he could easily score three touchdowns i'm with you i think aaron Rodgers is patting his stats i think that he wants to win the mvp but this is a spot aaron jones could run a couple in from 10 yards out and really spoil the day for um this green bay stack um so i'm gonna be way overweight on aaron jones this week for tournaments that's what happened in week uh, two, I think it was. I mean, Jones had freaking three touchdowns, like 250-plus total yards, went absolutely nuclear. So, no, man, I think that's a great call on turnings for sure. Uh, I don't see a bunch of, you know, I think you can go cheaper at wide receiver than you can at running back this week. I just don't see too much uh, upside again. We got some of the floor plays uh, with McKissick and stuff, but under 5K, just not seeing a lot. I think Kenyon Drake, he popped up on the injury report, so we got to see what his final stats will be once those West Coasters uh, get their stuff in. But at 5,500, it makes some sense. He has four rushing touchdowns over the past three weeks and like i think it's uh 12 targets and weeks one through 10 he had four rushing touchdowns and like 11 targets because when kyle murray isn't running as much he's giving it more to drake and he's also throwing it to him because he's not taking off the scramble so drake you know ppr rb 14 on the year finally getting the role that we thought he was going to have really throughout the early portions of the season so uh, only 5,500. I like that. And then Ron Jones at 6,100, man. Uh, kind of like how you want to go to Aaron Jones off of a chalky, you know, Packers passing game. I can see a lot of people being on uh, TB12 and company. And, you know, hey, Arians has lied for years about his running back usage. Who's going to get a bunch of touches? But coming off a of bye, the fact Rojo has been the best running back in Tampa all year. And Arians did say he wants 20 plus touches per game for Ron Jones. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, hey, maybe that comes together or maybe he just has a really good game that he's had a couple times throughout this year against a Vikings defense that we've talked about. You know, the secondary sucks, but their front seven really isn't all that special either. So I, I like Ronald Jones a lot at 6,100. And you can even stack him with the Tampa Bay defense if you want to buy into the narrative that Tampa can really overwhelm Cousins with pressure. We see Cousins really flame out, you know, a couple times a year. He's been playing pretty well lately. He might be overdue. Um, one other situation I just wanted to point out really quick is there's it's trending in the right direction that DeAndre Swift could play. He has some upside in any matchup. Um, and Giovanni Bernard is good leverage off of McKisnick at probably a third of the ownership. So running back is deep this week. There's a lot of options, um, middle range up top and, um, plenty of position to pay up for, um, wide receiver. You kind of talked about it. We do have some cheap guys, but at the top it's, it's no secret. Like you try to fit in Adams. If you're not playing Jones, like, you know, crazy me and Tyree kills in in an amazing spot. Like these two guys should crush here which should lead to lower ownership on a guy like Keenan Allen. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And again, I'm, I'm just still going off of my kind of Rogers, uh, Tony and Adams build. But with that in mind, I'm trying to free up a little bit of space. And, you know, with those running backs not being super cheap, Rashad Perryman at 3,900 did not work out last week. But look, the guy is good. He's facing the league's single worst defense in PPR points per game allowed to wide receivers, the Seattle Seahawks. And Denzel Mims is now out with a, uh, you know, family-related issue where he's just not going to have enough time to kind of pass COVID tests before getting back in. Got to keep an eye on the injury report. Jamison Crowder was actually a downgrade to limit 
limited yesterday with the calf injury. So there's a chance Bashad Perryman just walks out as the outright number one. I know Crowder got the two touchdowns last week, but he still only had seven targets. I still don't think this offense is back to being, you know, just 10 plus targets per game to Crowder. I think Perryman is going to see, you know, five, six plus more weeks than not. And this is the matchup that he can make uh, the most out of that. So uh, with that in mind, you know, looking at the rest of the lineup, the kind of decision I think I might have to make uh, if I go with this build is Corey Davis or Antonio Brown with Mike Evans back. I lean Corey Davis, man. I mean, I just don't really think this Jaguars team is going to be able to stop them. Corey Davis, I believe, he had the goose egg against the Bears. Other than that, he's cleared, I think, at 60 yards and or scored a touchdown every game this season. Dude has a super high floor, and he's shown some upside as well. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm as big as an A.J. Brown truth as you'll find out there, but Corey Davis has been playing some really great ball in his own right this year. He's good, man. Like He's really you know, good. Very underrated. Um, very overrated at one point, and now, like, it just seems like everybody doesn't want to believe that he's been getting better. I think Robbie Anderson's going to get a lot of ownership this week at wide receiver with that whole Carolina situation. Uh, Marvin Jones is a guy we already kind of talked about. He's kind of flying under the radar. Um, I don't think Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel are going to fly under the radar, right? Like th- this is a spot. These guys are likely going to get plenty of ownership. Um, I kind of like slid in a Tyler Boyd, CD lamb thing. When I was talking about that game, I love the pace of that game. I like the fact that both of those teams, you know, tend to throw the ball. So I do think those spots are interesting. Uh, anything else on a tournament aspect that, you know, you, you're looking at this week for wide receiver? mentioned before, you know, liking Herbert and Russell, obviously you're going with his top two guys, Keenan, Mike, and then Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins might be getting slept on a little bit. I mean, this dude always has a hundred plus yard and two touchdown potential. And you look at the Giants. Yes, James Bradbury is very good, but one, I mean, Hopkins winning against anybody. And two, Giants run a ton of zone. And we have seen Hopkins just have these games where he just eats receptions because he's just so good. You know, find those soft spots and Kyler is, you know, willing to just feed him again and again and again. So I think Hopkins could be overdue uh, for a nice little bounce back game. Uh, Talked about, you know, Vikings, Buccaneers. I think all these guys are viable to go off this week. Uh, Tim Patrick, uh, 4,200, I think makes some sense. You know, if you want to go ahead and go uh, with some of the guys, Robbie and Curtis. Okay. But Patrick, man, how many more games do you have to keep having where before we kind of treat this dude as you know, the boomer bust kind of wide receiver three he's been, that's been booming a lot more lately. So Panthers just don't really have someone size or speed wise that can stand up to him uh, he's a decent pivot off of you know Perryman and kind of Michael Gallup uh, down there at 3800 and yeah man it, it's scary but H.K. Green at 3k I'm just saying maybe like once maybe if you're like you know on that last drink of Saturday night and you're feeling crazy you put it in one lineup that's all I'm saying that, that's that's <laughs> all I'll give like okay when you okay he's gonna when squeaky you... wheel Brent Allen's like we gotta get A.J. Green more involved he said that oh geez um <laughs> As far as like the cheap guys, like KJ Hamler's 3K too, and he's fast and like he has that big playability. So he's not complete dust. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, like he he's not you know 60 years old just putting on a jersey <laughs> to collect a check. Um, listen, AJ Green, I have an AJ Green jersey in my closet. Like I, one of my all time favorite wide receivers, uh, won me a lot of money a few years ago, so I bought a jersey. So, um, you mentioned in passing Bashard Perryman earlier. Um. Like you, you talked about Mims being out. Perryman's super interesting. I think Crowder's interesting too. Like yeah. Crowder might be a little bit lower owned just because of the price. Um, but like those are interesting spots. And the last one that I will throw out there, and old man Rivers is throwing him the football, but T.Y. Hilton is getting a little bit of love here recently. And listen, T.Y. Hilton against the Raiders is always is always something that could go off. So um, you know, definitely interested in that. So Let's go over to the tight end position. 
you know, it's not just Waller by himself this week. Um, you know, it was Waller last week. So if you paid up, it was, it was probably Waller, but we have Kelsey up there too. Um, you talked about Tanyan already. Um, I'm guessing you, you said that you like Tanya and in, in cash games this week. Yeah. And maybe I'm not getting enough, you know, credit and just Mahomes, Kelsey and Tyreek. It is insane, man. DK Metcalf is number one this year in receiving yards. Kelsey's two and Tyreek is three. Like they could somehow have both of the league's top receivers and receiving yards on the chiefs. So always got to keep those guys in mind, regardless of the matchup. But yeah, I am liking the Rogers, Tanya and Adams right now and cash. It was funny. There's like a mic'd up with uh Devonte Adams before the game. And he actually went over to Robert Tanya. I was like, Hey man, probably one of us that catches that 400 touchdown. We got to make sure to give it to Rogers afterwards. So, I think everyone kind of gets it now in Green Bay. Robert Tunney is the number two pass game option. Haven't really seen them enable a fancy friendly tight end since Jermichael Finley, but they've been doing it really consistently here over the past few weeks. Uh, and GPPs, if you really want to save some money, you can go all the way down to Mo Alley Cox at 2,500. We don't really know what's who's going to go off in that tight end core because we got Trey Burton playing and uh, Jack Doyle is always getting some snaps as well. But, you know, in this Raiders game, again, Rivers and this passing game are popping in all sorts of these metrics. So if you really want to just do a true punt, I think Alley Cox gives you the opportunity to do so. Irv Smith at 3,100. They might be reversing roles because Irv Smith is back at practice. Rudolph hasn't practiced all week with a foot injury now. So, you know, Rudolph, I know he goose egg last week, but he was giving us some nice tight end one value before then. And Irv Smith, I think, is a much, you know, more athletic and just better. Not, not necessarily better. Rudolph isn't washed, but Irv Smith can provide some upside. They use him as a legit wide receiver. And I think if Rudolph is out, we can fire up Irv Smith as a tight end one. And then also uh, Hayden, Hayden uh, Hurst, excuse me, with 30, at 3,700 with Julio out. We know this Chargers defense hasn't been able to slow down anybody. I mean, since week three, I think they've allowed 27 points in every single game. So, yeah, Waller, Kelsey, if you want to pay up, I mean, I get it. And Kelsey's just been so far ahead of every other tight end. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense in my home stacks for sure. But I think, uh, yeah, Hurst or Smith and Molly Cox, if you want to save a little money. Um, Yeah, tight end is a position that I usually fill in second to last um, right there next to defense. So uh, it's not a position that I, like, overthink. I think if you're paying up, it's Kelsey Waller. Could Hawkson get there? Could Gronk get there? Sure. Could Gusecki get there? I think Gusecki's interesting in like Kansas City runbacks. Um, Tanyan, if you want to be in that mid-range, I think Noah Fant's a little interesting in that mid-range. Or then if you want to pay down, Logan Thomas um, seems to be like the pay down option. I, I do think that if you want to take another shot on like um, our boy – Jordan Akins, go for it. But I, I think if like if I was gonna punt tight end this week, it'd probably be with Cole Komet um from Chicago. Like that Houston defense is really bad. They seem like they want to get this rookie more involved. He's gonna be really low owned and he's like 28 or 2900. So um coming off a seven target game, they seem like they want to use him more in the red zone and like they're kind of shoving Jimmy Graham aside. So if like that's going to be the case, we really need to be looking at this guy at 2900. Um Anything else here for tight ends that you like? I think that's a good call with Komet. Uh, He's played now three games, I think, uh, straight with at least 70% snaps. And, yeah, no trade clause. Jimmy Graham has been hitting the bench lately. How about that? Like, think about it, though. Like, Komet played 95% of the snaps last week. Like, after uh, yeah, playing he's 79. Like, they, they just – they're Jimmy Graham's done. Like, he ran nine routes last week. Like, yeah, he's done. He's done. I don't know what his contract situation is for next year, but he won't, he won't be starting tight end for Chicago next year um defense defense wins championships and everything except for dfs um listen and unless you get that low on defense uh like what was it, the patriots um yeah ian when we're looking at defense this week um 
are you prioritizing paying up or are you just going to kind of fit in what's down here towards the bottom? I think I'm going dumpster diving this week. Got the Bengals at 2,300 against this Cowboys team that we just know is they're going to get sacked. They're going to turn the ball over. I mean, whether it's Dalton, you know, throwing a pick or Zeke fumbling, we just know there's issues all over the place. So I think, you know, 2,300 at home, we just haven't, we've seen the Cowboys play awful against all levels of defense this year. Do not be afraid to continue that trend. Uh, I mean, we can go against, I mean, I, I like Philly at 2,200 potentially, man. Like it's not a good matchup, but this isn't, this isn't actually good defense. And it kind of reminds Reminds me of when uh, the Rams were sitting down here against the Seahawks a couple weeks ago. And it's like, when you actually have a good defense, even if they're not great, a good defense like the Eagles, and they are this cheap, you know, it might be worth a flyer because Taysom Hill, yeah, he's been playing some, you know, good ball overall, but we have not seen him have to have anything resembling a negative game script. This guy fumbled three times last week. He had, I think, zero picks but two drop picks like five turnover worthy plays so you know Taysom Hill believe me he is not taking care of that ball so anytime we you know he's like a Josh Allen guy potentially he's not doesn't have the same upside but he has the same turnover prone uh playing so the Eagles down there at 2200 I think make a lot of sense and yeah man I guess maybe the Falcons at 2400 but I think Herbert and company would get back on track so main two Bengals and the Eagles yeah, like if you're going to pay up, I think it's the Saints. They're going to have Jalen Hurts on his heels all day. I think the Seahawks, um, you know, if you're in that mid-range. Both Washington and the 49ers, I feel like both of those teams are a little too cheap for tournaments. Um, like we have so many options under 3K, but like if you look, like the if you're paying up for the Saints, it's only 3.8K. So it's like if you end up in that range when you're building, like if you have the salary, you play the Saints. If you don't, there's – a million options. You can go Cowboys. You can go Bengals. Like you said, like if you want to play one of the, like the, like the Eagles maybe is like the dumpster, but like you're, you're probably finding a hundred for the Eagles or not for the Eagles for the Bengals. Yeah. Um, anything else on the defensive side of things? think that is about it man uh yeah i mean if you want to really go in the middle tampa bay 2900 mentioned those uh ronald jones stacks it might be a way to get away from uh you know the seattle defense is probably coming a little bit chalkier if you guys have any questions in chat um me and ian maybe take a few questions here before we get out of here we we kind of flew through it but i feel like this week in general is just Right now, it seems very straightforward. Whether there's some news that comes out today or tomorrow, like the Julio, like we didn't even talk about like Calvin Ridley, but like the Julio definitely threw a little bit of a wrench um, because that is a game that we kind of like. Um, should we have talked about that Atlanta wide receiver situation? Maybe we can go through it really quick. I think uh, Zacchaeus is on IR, and if that's the case, okay, yeah, then Christian Blake is, you know, a legit option, man. Russell Gage's role really hasn't changed regardless of who's been in or out, but we've seen Christian Blake and Zacchaeus when he was healthy actually step in and demand a high level of targets. So it's just, you know, it's a question of how much do we trust Matt Ryan without Julio because the offense has looked a lot weaker. You know, came on this, uh, I think we talked about last week, how, you know, I was not buying those uh, Josh Allen with and without John Brown splits at all. You know, big difference between John Brown and Julio Jones. I think it makes sense that this offense does plummet a little bit without one of the best wide receivers in the league. But, you know, Christian Blake, what is he even at this week? Is he men? He's men, 3K. Yeah, I mean, that's that's better than A.J. Green. Hey! I'm, I'm feeling better about than A.J. Green. I'm off A.J. Green now. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Brandon Powell is in that same? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I think Christian Blake would be the, the cheap guy. Um, Russell Gage, I think, will gain some ownership. Calvin Ridley will get some ownership. Like, these guys are not in a bad – um you know spots so um we had one question in chat 
what do you think the best game chances wise is to shoot out, maybe even go to overtime? I it's either the one we're just talking about Falcons chargers or Vikings uh, Buccaneers. I know you were talking about Titans Jaguars earlier. I just think the Titans kind of kicked the shit out of the Jaguars. So I'd say Vikings Buccaneers or Falcons chargers. I mean, it would be one of the sneakiest shootouts of the weekend, Tennessee, Jacksonville. But I do think, like, my favorite game this weekend, it's no secret, I've said it, Atlanta, the Chargers, like, it's my favorite game. I think it's a bounce-back spot. Um, I do think shootout-wise, potential shootout-wise, um, a game that I feel like we didn't even talk about enough um, is that Raiders-Colts game. I was just looking like, at that, yep. It, it Man, it, it, it screams, it screams close game, shootout, a lot of fantasy points. Um, so, like, if you're, if you're wanting to under-the-radar game, I think that's the game you could potentially stack um, and just make it super different. Um, Ian, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, just with that game, like you don't even necessarily need Rivers or Carr. You could just kind of take wide receivers from it. I mean, I don't really like it. I guess Jonathan Taylor, like it does, he is someone that maybe could have that Cam Akers boost. He has been the best uh, running back on the Colts lately. And even if he doesn't get a boost, he's still, you know, a guy that can get get you 100 plus yards in a tutty. I'd just be, I'd be worried about Devontae Booker against this, uh, you know, healthy Colts front seven. But we've seen good quarterbacks really put up some decent enough numbers against this Colts defense. So Nelson Aguilar, someone, man, that last week, I I know it didn't come to fruition, but I think he was top five in the league in air yards. So maybe, you know, go back to well there around, you know, T.Y. Hilton, Jonathan Taylor, whoever you want. But that's going to do it, man. Uh, good luck to everyone in uh, week 14, and particularly those that got uh, some fantasy playoffs on the lines this season long. That's for sure. Um, again, if you guys want to check out the Core 4 Premium here at Rotogrinders, um, rotogrinders.com slash media slash PFF for that discount. Also, Free crunch time today for NBA preseason. Make sure you guys are checking that out with Meansy STL Cards and Kevin Roth. That's going to wrap it up here for the Pro Football Focus show for week 14. We'll be back next Friday. See you then.